Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. And a very warm welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance. And I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And we are jumping all over the place around the periodic table as we celebrate the International Year of said periodic table, alphabetically. Yes, and as is so often the case, today's chemical element is a bit of a mystery to me. So please tell me everything I need to know about niobium, Alan. Niobium, indeed. So elemental symbol NB, atomic number 41, and it was first discovered in the year 1801. Where does niobium get its name? Well, it's named after Niobe, who just happened to be the daughter of King Tantalus in Greek mythology. She is, in fact, the goddess of grief, and I wondered why the hell one would need a goddess of grief. Uh, then reading on, uh, I found that all 12 of her children were actually murdered, so um, I shouldn't laugh. So niobium, quite appropriately, lies above tantalum in the periodic table, so that's sort of how it got its name as well. So she's sitting above her dad on the periodic yes, table. In- Indeed. Oh, what a lovely family connection. (laughs) (laughs) However, the name wasn't always so obvious for niobium, because back in the 19th century, niobium was also known as columbium. The reason for this was that it was obtained from the mineral columbite, and that mineral contains both niobium and tantalum. And so for around about 100 years or so, you had some people calling it niobium, some people calling it columbium, which is obviously not an ideal state of affairs, And so a group of folk called the International Union of Pure and Applied Chemists, or IUPAC, whose job it is to do this sort of thing, made the final call on the name in the year 1950. They said, right, it's going to be called niobium. And in fact, the mineral columbite is now also known as niobite. Crikey, it's not straightforward, this discovery and naming business, is it? No. Some of these elements have had real identity crises on their way to being a big grown-up element with a home on the periodic table. What is this element, by the way? As you were saying, it's not really an element that many people would have heard of. It is a transition metal. So because of the fact that it's a transition metal, like many of these that we have discussed before in Elemental, we generally find that these things find use in alloys such as stainless steel. So niobium is put in stainless steel. What we also find is that a thing called niobium carbide is extremely hard, and therefore you will find it in your weekend DIY cutting tools, those sorts of things. The metal itself is very high melting, so around about 2,500 degrees Celsius. Ouch. And uh, yeah, I know, that's hot. <laughs> and so because of that, uh, the alloys of niobium tend to get used in things that are involved with high temperatures, such as jet engines and rocket engines. Because they're not going to melt. Indeed. And 
niobium can be alloyed with, and get this, tantalum, hafnium, zirconium and titanium. Oh, that's quite a recipe. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed, and you wonder who came up with that, really, yeah. mixing these five metals in different proportions. And they got lucky and they made a thing called a high entropy alloy, or HEA. And this is a superconductor, which is not in itself unusual. It's a superconductor over a huge range of pressure, though, sort of from atmospheric pressure all the way up to the pressure at the centre of the Earth. Which is enormous. Which is big, yes. And this is very, very unusual because superconductors are often found to stop working as you increase the pressure on them because the pressure alters the structure. Just to recap what we mean by a superconductor, this is something that conducts electricity with no resistance. So niobium's really useful to have around when things are getting hot. What about when things get really cold? Okay, at low temperatures, and we're talking, you know, minus hundreds of uh, degrees Celsius here, the element itself, the metal niobium, is a superconductor. And what we find is that niobium alloys are also used in superconducting magnets for both MRI, magnetic resonance imaging, that you have in hospitals, and NMRs, nuclear magnetic resonance, which you have in chemistry departments. Really interestingly, and and this is going to become more and more important in the next, gosh, I don't know, five years, ten years, who knows how long this is going to take, but quantum computers. So niobium is going to be very, very important there. And at the moment, it's being used in qubits in quantum computers, quantum bits or qubits. And these quantum computers that will happen, they're going to be much, much, much faster than today's computers for this reason that today's computers utilize binary basis. And so each bit in a computer can have a value of either zero or one. Qubits, uh, because they are in the quantum realm, and the quantum realm is really, really seriously weird, these differ from normal bits in a a current computer anyway, in that each qubit can simultaneously have a value of zero and one. Oh, that's mind-bendingly weird. I know. I don't understand it. I'm not sure that many people do, but this is one of the features of quantum mechanics, just basically weirdness. And at the moment, there are very basic quantum computers that are functioning. The trouble is that they only run at just above absolute zero at the moment. (laughs) But mark my words, you know, 10, 20 years or something, uh, everybody will be using quantum computers, would be my guess anyway. I hope I don't listen back to this in 20 years and find that I've been proven wrong. Anyway, so very interestingly, niobium metal is used in a thing called a gravimeter in Belgium, of all places. And as you might guess from the name, this is used to measure gravity. And the way that this works is that there is a small sphere of superconducting niobium that's being held at a temperature of negative 263 degrees Celsius, and it is suspended in a magnetic field. Now, the beauty of this setup is that if there's any very, very slight change in gravity that will cause a change in position of this superconducting sphere. And when that happens, you get a consequent signal. And these changes in position can be absolutely minuscule, and you'll still get a signal out of this. And the really cool thing about this, no pun intended, is that this sphere of niobium has been suspended for 22 years. And this is thought to be the longest recorded levitation of a superconducting material. Wow. That's a really long time for something to levitate. 22 years. Yep. 
I thought we'd only ever achieve that fleetingly. <laughs> Got any other good, interesting facts about niobium up your sleeves? Well, I started out looking at niobium and thinking, my goodness, there's not really a lot that this stuff does, but obviously the more you read, the more you find out. And this was one that I wasn't expecting. Niobium, it's very big in the field of body piercings, apparently. Hmm, why? <laughs> the reason being that it doesn't appear to give rise to allergic reactions. That's one reason. The other reason is that you can literally make an entire rainbow of colours with metallic niobium. The reason for this being that you get a very, very thin oxide layer on the metal and the thickness of that oxide layer determines the colour that we see from the niobium. So we really can get the entire spectrum of visible colours. That's a bit like titanium. Absolutely, yeah. Titanium does exactly the same thing there. Anybody who's ever seen any sort of titanium jewellery, niobium looks the same. So that was one interesting aspect of niobium. Uh, another one, uh, for those of you who, like me, are awfully, awfully short-sighted, and also not into piercings, we can still flaunt some niobium because niobium oxide is a godsend for us because it increases the refractive index of glass. And what that means for us real myopes is that the Coke bottle bottom glasses of our youths are a thing of the past. As somebody once said to me on seeing my nice thick glasses... Gosh, you must have bloody good eyesight to see through those. <laughs> well, I'm long-sighted, and I'm wondering if my glasses might have niobium in them too, as my lenses have definitely got thinner over the years. Anyway, Elemental from RNZ, helpful in so many ways, including improving our view on life <laughs> and on chemistry. We are a podcast. You probably already know this by now. <laughs> Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe wherever your fancy takes you. And you can find us at rnz.co.nz forward slash chemistry. We're back next time with nitrogen. But until then, thanks for your company. I'm Alan Blackman. And I'm Alison Balance. Kia pai tora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.